The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, I'm joined by Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry in Trinity College in Dublin. And Luke and I were going to talk about the biggest scientific breakthroughs, the most impressive ones of 2023. But before that, two things. One, the variant. Yes, there's a new variant, exactly, of interest, not concern, as WHO is calling it. So it doesn't seem to be any more mischievous in terms of making people really sick. But but it spreads more, they think. There's some evidence it's a bit more contagious. Okay, but but they'll keep on producing these variants and uh, we hope they'll all be benign. There's a good bet now if you have a cold. It could be this variant, possibly, because yeah. you know, it's becoming more and more common. The numbers are going up the whole time. But again, the symptoms aren't that different to the previous, uh, yeah. previous variant. And the other thing is mouse fever. What yeah, is strangely, that? that was reported yesterday, and I looked into it a bit. The, the Russians, the Russian army in Ukraine are, are coming down with an infection. Yeah. Which they're catching from rodents, it looks like, is the report. And it's some kind of streptococcus, some kind of bacterial infection. But it's nasty. You get you get um, bleeding from the orifices in the eyes as one symptom, oh, again, you know. And it's been reported that this is spreading through the Russian troops. So that's, that's another one to watch. I think I mean it's it's a well known bacteria, by the way. Yeah, it just happens. So many troops. Actually, you often see that in wars, by the way. There's so many troops together. That whatever they get, they'll and, all and, get And they're probably malnourished yeah. and stressed and their immune systems are I mean, wasn't that the flu so. of 1918? Well, precisely. They, they are, yeah, exactly. began in soldiers, really. Yeah. So the mm. Russians are, are watching that one closely. Now, let's uh, look back at 2023. And uh, the first uh, breakthrough, I suppose, an announcement, really, yeah. that impressed you. We've got to mark the historical moment. At the 5th of May, the WHO announced that, it's, that COVID is no longer a global health emergency. So that was the final statement, I guess, at, at least in terms of the previous pandemic. Yeah. So I think in the history books... That's that the date. The day. I said that that was the date when the WHO decided it was no longer the global health emergency. It's been so it's quite an important day to start. But still, long COVID. Yeah, that's right. That that, that never forget, Pat. That this was never about just people just dying. Of course, our, our concern during COVID was death. But but then we've discovered people get long COVID, and it's still a big problem. Many people get it. That's a reason to avoid catching COVID even now. You know, because you may there's a risk of that. Of course, if you're vaccinated, by the way, the risk of long COVID is a lot less. Another reason to, to stay boosted. But the big one for me here was a new app to help monitor long COVID. It's called, in, in, it's called Visible, is the name of the app, Visible. And they made a thing called Visible Plus. Now, t- I looked at it, actually. It's very useful. Mm-hmm. If you think you have long COVID, you can monitor your symptoms and feed information into the app. Really detailed questionnaire. Yeah. And then it'll tell you what to do. You need a rest. You need to stay home, this kind of thing, based on your symptomology. And it's coupled to a device, uh, the new one, to measure your pulse variability. And it turns out that in long COVID, the autonomic nervous system is affected as a particular part of your, your nervous system that controls your pulse rate. And if that's fluctuating during the day, now it could be caused for many reasons, sure. of course, but still, it's another indicator that maybe it's time to go, go and see a doctor for the start, but certainly slow down. It's the main thing that prompts you when to take rests and then the symptoms are less severe. And I think it could be very useful. Yeah. Uh, and it's available in, in this country? Yet? Yeah, I, I looked at it. Yeah, an app. You can download the app and then use it to monitor your symptoms. Now, the, the next big trend, I suppose, this year is carbon yeah. and how to lower carbon, either by not burning as much of it or by sucking it out of the atmosphere somehow. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and this is all over the, the scientific advances here, but are remarkable, by the way, because of the emergency that the, that the world is in because of climate change, obviously, and a huge list of achievements this year. And now, of course, mission one is to decrease dependency on fossil fuels, just transition away, as COP28 said. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, loads of new technologies to capture carbon. And my favourite one is in the oceans. So people don't realise an awful lot of carbon dioxide is in the oceans, it turns out, yeah. not in the atmosphere. And if you can capture that, 
and change it into a different form of the ocean could take even more carbon and increase the carbon capture so in the actual ocean. So if the ocean is a carbon sink, yeah. if you can take some of this stuff out and or allow it to uh, go into a, a more solid form yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's good. There's good chemistry here, Pat, by the way. Yeah. So what this company has cracked is the following. Electricity is used, for, first of all. It splits water into hydrogen and oxygen. You can capture the hydrogen. That, that can be a yeah. source of fuel. Secondly, you add in some calcium or some magnesium. That reacts with the carbon dioxide and makes carbonates. And that now makes the ocean slightly more alkaline. As you may remember, these yeah. carbonates are alkaline. Now, an alkaline ocean can hold more carbon. And as a result, then, you're increasing the carbon capture in the ocean. And that'll be a marvellous thing. There's so much ocean out there. Given that so much carbon is there, it's a great, it's a great sink. And these cyanobacteria can capture it. You know? And that technology now might, might decrease the CO2 in the atmosphere, is the idea, and lower our, our greenhouse gases. Now, the the idea of reducing carbon in construction by maybe timber frame houses and so on. And, you know, timber is sustainable, sustainable you can grow it again. But we'll still need to use concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Can you decarbonize concrete? Well, again, the thing I've come, what's great for this, I've come across this in um, the list of big achievements in regard to carbon. This was number three, right? It turns out that uh, concrete accounts for 7.5% of the world's carbon footprint. So it's a big problem really making mm. concrete. And the big question is, can you make it and not generate CO2? And the trouble is you use limestone at the moment and you heat it up really high you eventually end up with the cement that you want, but then an awful lot of CO2 gets released. And again, a company called Brimstone get the credit for this. They're, they're using silicates instead of limestone, and therefore the type of concrete you get then is not causing the CO2 release. Now, of course, it's, and it's 90% cheaper, by the way, to do it this way. So there's a, there's a cost benefit. The big question is, Pat, is the concrete as good? And we don't want to build buildings, do we? Like That fall down. That fall down. Mica, mica etc. Well, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, but allegedly, apparently, it is. It's the same kind of mm. stuff anyway, with the same strength. I, so here's a way now. Remember, if if concrete is 7.5% of the CO2 problem, if you can make it now without generating CO2, that would have a big impact on on our carbon emissions. Now, you're still uh, using a lot of energy to create the concrete. You still have the the kilns and so on to to make it. Uh, There's the other company, the Irish uh, founder, Don Loreen Palamine, uh, Ecosem, where they use the clinker from steel production so the carbon's already embodied in that right. and then they make the concrete. Right. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, again, it's innovation. There's so many companies trying to do all this sort of stuff, by the way. And we're getting lots, lots of uh, different kinds of breakthroughs, I guess. Um, now, uh, satellites to beam solar power. Yeah, this is my favourite. This, this is like Star Wars a bit, right? Now, again, this has been a bit of a holy grail, it turns out, for a long time. Clearly, if you can ca- capture the energy and sunlight in space in solar panels and somehow transmit that to the earth that could solve all our problems it's been notional for a yeah, while now because you get 24 hour sun well can you imagine the, the amount of energy up there is spectacular and, and, and it wasn't possible it would dissipate how, how do you get the energy down to the earth and Caltech very famous place in California this year announced they've got a way to do it and, and it's, it, the, the great name for this is called wireless energy transfer so what you get is that the solar panels capture the energy and they beam it down to earth now the physics is very complicated I tried to look into a bit. I'm not sure how they do it, but they can beam it down in a very efficient way. They reckon now, and then suddenly the prospect is there that you will this this will be a source of energy in your house and my house in the end. Now, of course, we can capture with solar panels yeah. on Earth anyway. Yeah. Uh, one limitation was it was it's very difficult to do. It was very technically demanding to achieve. This is very expensive. It turns out for whatever reason. But the Caltech advances are saying this is now feasible. It'll no, take, take a few more years to. Yeah. You also got to pay Elon Musk to take your uh, panels up. To that, that's your next. Space. That's your next challenge. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine? What? It's a limitless source almost limitless source of energy up there, you know. And so this would be a great way to do it. Staying with space, um, the South Pole of the Moon. 
Yes, now this is the big achievement in space this year as well. And we must give the Indian Space Agency credit for this, but they've cracked against something that other people were trying to do. And they've landed a probe on the south pole of the moon. And that was a big achievement. It's called the Chandrayaan-3 is the name of the probe. They sent out a robot to take yeah. samples. Sadly, after a period, it, it, it fell asleep and they haven't managed to wake it up again. But still, it's the first ever time that we've landed something on the south pole of the moon. And it was technically very demanding to do, apparently. Yeah. And why is it important? Well, to- it's extremely important for the future of moon exploration and, and even going to Mars. There's water in the South uh-huh. Pole, you see. It's a bit like the Earth, the Antarctic, as it were. Loads of fresh water is on the South Pole. And that can be, if you build a moon base there now, there's a supply of water. And secondly, you can make that water into hydrogen as a source of fuel to go to Mars. So whoever was going to get to the South Pole first is seen yeah. as a big achievement. You know, and, and now, by the way, NASA are scrambling. They're all, they're all trying to get to the South, the South Pole of the Moon now. And the Indian Space Agency, you know, t- t- showed the Americans they yeah. could do it. So it's seen as a big achievement. Uh, and finally... An innovation. Yes. Now, this you and me could be out of a job. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, you may remember Stephen Hawking had a, had a voice thing, an American voice. Yeah. Remember that? I remember The Simpsons, the joke was, why does that guy keep speaking in that dumb American accent? But that was the technology then. Now, I think I'll wall E, uh, uh, Valley, V-A-L-L hyphen E, it's the name of the company. They can record your voice, Pat, for three seconds. Three seconds? Three seconds is all of data, and then they can recreate your voice perfectly. And if you look at it, I could type in on a keyboard something that I want you to say. It'll come out sounding like Luke O'Neill like or me. Pat Kenny. Isn't that amazing? Now, the, the big question is, what's the point in that? Um, yeah. One point well, you is... you clone Luke. Well, I could give my lectures from my bed and I just type yeah. it, <laughs> and there'll be an avatar in the lecture theatre. That, that's one possibility. The second is deep fake. Remember Leo Varadkar this morning? Did yeah, that report? we were talking about that. So, so you, you can mimic Putin very easily now on a phone call with someone using this technology, for instance. you know. But the big one's medical. If people have lost their voice because they say surgery or or motor neuron disease, it's a better way to reproduce. You can type, you see, and, and then the, the, the typing then turns yeah. into your because accurate it, it, voice. You know, Charlie Bird, um, what they did with him, uh, Claire's wife, they assembled a, a huge uh, number of his reporting over the years yeah. and assembled a vocabulary for yeah, him. Yeah, that was the way to do it now before. Yeah. But now it's three seconds. Can you imagine if that? So, so if Charlie, three seconds of his voice then would be enough to recreate him with a keyboard mm-hmm. or whoever it might be. So I think it's a, fasc- it's a fascinating move in the direction of, um, of avatars uh, and robots. Absolutely. Luke, uh, thank you very much for entertaining us with all the scientific breakthroughs of 2023 and we look forward to more in 2024. Thanks very so much, thanks Pat. very much for uh, joining us. Now, the Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.